Cubs fans, and welcome to another edition of Cubs on Tap. It is your Pat Sajak for today. Ronald Luce finds finds himself in the bleachers of Wrigley Field tonight. So we're doing the best we can here. Um, I know I'm going to get graded here from the guys on how I got the StreamYard set up and how everything went, but we're here, and I can see it's on the Twitter sphere. So um, we're on at least one platform. But I am joined tonight after a six to nothing win against the Padres with my man Nick. Nick, how are we doing today, buddy? Man, I'm feeling so great. It's just great to have some Cubs winning baseball. I think we're 13 and nine now on the year. It's just refreshing, man, to get in that left side of the column just consistently. And I'm loving the product that's on the field, left and right, the pitching, the batting, all of it. It's just, God, it's refreshing, man. Yeah, it's good to see them come out and get a win after a you know three four series loss against Dodgers. This ball game for a long time was just zero zero frigid cold weather, and Justin Steele is Justin Steele. I'll tell you what, man, this guy picks up the ball every single day and just shoves five and two and five and a third tonight. Looks great, feels great. Jan Gomes goes four for four. That's my little synopsis. Ronald Luce does all the other stuff. Not me. We're just going to talk some baseball here, and I'm just going to try to navigate this ship in the least chaotic way that I can. Nick, what did you think of Justin Steele tonight? Man, like you said, he's always shoving. He's always shoving. Tonight, what I saw was that he had that four-seamer working. I mean, he was spotting that in some tough counts against some selective hitters. And um, when you have that comfortable pitch that you can go to in those tight counts, especially in a tight ball game, I mean, till the eighth, there was 2 nothing because of Gomi. So it was a tight ball game for a while. And with a lineup of that caliber being the Padres, you could really things can get out of hand quickly. I remember in the top of the third, he, I think he walked two in a row and then he faced, um, I think it was Soto and he had a two and two count on him and just painted the bottom with a strikeout of that corner. It got him looking. It was beautiful. So, I mean, he, he looks great. And like you said, he's, he's shoving and he consistently shoves, but most importantly tonight he gave you length and he got you the sixth. And one of the things that really stood out to me was in the sixth, he faced Soto again to start and he was, empty in the tank you could tell he was at 95 or so pitches that was his last guy and he got that hitter which allowed Adbert Azalea to come into a clean game which I think was really important as well yeah I, I agree fully with that man I think it was interesting to watch the broadcast tonight um and and listen and talk to you know friends and Justin Steele has kind of been under the radar right like he's been very much uh, not talked about, but he gives up two or less earned runs in his last 12 starts. The most interesting thing to me was, I don't know if you caught during the, the marquee broadcast, they were talking about his slider and how that matches up with some of the best pitches in the league. And he has like the second best pitch or maybe the best pitch um, behind, I think, Otani. Um, but I'll tell you what, man, like, that slider is something, and when he needs to throw a strike or when he needs to get soft contact, he just goes to it. Yeah. Yeah, but, I 100% agree with that, yeah. But, I mean, it's just interesting to see and, and like, sit and see 
people who doubted this kid. You know, I mean, there were a lot of people who were like, what has Justin Steele earned to, to be named an ace? And he's shutting everybody up. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Jan Gomes before we go any further in this, because, you know, we're talking about tonight's game, and Jan Gomes is – Batting close to 300, I think I saw an OPS of close to like 830-something. It's great numbers. And I'm going to, you know, hand up. Hand up here. I said that the Cubs were going to be the type of team that didn't get much out of the catcher spot. And uh, 20-some games in, I'm, I'm eating some crow on that. Heck yeah, man. I mean, it's great to see the production from the catcher spot after uh, he shall not be named has left the team. (laughs) And I mean, it's great to see that Gomes can take control of the game. Like you could tell in every at bat tonight, especially after that big home run, he was just feeling it, man. He was seeing the ball beautifully. Uh, A couple pitches that he spit on were just fantastic takes. And sometimes the takes are better than the hits because it's what sets up getting a good pitch. Gomes was fantastic tonight. He also had a really good block of a ball that was like three feet out in front of the plate. And just he makes it look easy. Um, But you mentioned like I was on that boat. I didn't think we were going to get as much production from the catcher spot because the obvious and the combination of Tucker and Jan has just been great. And Gomes knows how to run a game too. That's the other thing about he shall not be named. I was always on the boat of he can't run a game like others can. So there got a comment from Scott there. Jan Gomes, I I agree right now. I agree. (laughs) It seems like that too, because if you look what's going on with the rival Cardinals, you know, their, their ERAs are up. They're not pitching well. Um, They're not playing very well. And you start to think like, man, Jed was on to something there. Like he he had a number set and he knew that there were a lot of things that were going to change this, this game. And having a guy like Jan Gomes who calls good game and cuts down runners and keeps people off of the base pass. I think that's something that like we just we didn't talk about much, you know, going into this offseason, just about how trusted he is. I mean, there was a there was an interesting ERA breakdown opposed to like going in the end of last season about the ERAs that some of these pitchers that are in the Cubs starting rotation now had with Jan Gomes opposed to what they had with Wilson Contreras. And it's just interesting to just see, man, like it all is about run prevention now and baseball changed. And I, I just want your thought, like, is this this Jan Gomes hitting thing obviously isn't going to keep. I mean, he's going to have ups and downs throughout the season. But do you think that, like, it's amazing just to sit back and think, like, how baseball's changed and how much this means now, like, opposed to maybe it what it meant, like, a few, you know, just a couple months ago. You know, the game is different than it is as of last year to this year. Yeah. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you. That's a great point to bring up. The game is very different and the IQ, the baseball IQ, if you will, it has to increase. You have a lot more things to take in account for even, uh, you know, they have to worry about how many mound visits am I going to have previous, you know, to this year, obviously that was a rule before, but they have to every year start to get more and more on their plate, these catchers. And 
it's like you said, it's become very important run prevention and even just on base percentage, like you said, keeping guys off of the base because you don't, when you get a guy on base, you're now already in that spot with the new rule of disengagements. So if you don't have a catcher that's back there that can really basically stop the thought of just taking off automatically, you're in a bad spot because the pressure gets immediately put on the pitcher. So it's very underrated what he's doing right now. And with the bat, obviously it's not going to continue, but if you're getting half of what the production you're getting from this catcher spot and you're still getting that great defense and run prevention, like you said, and a great way to run the game, then I think it's great. And something we also didn't talk too much about was the framing. And that's become huge, especially with, these umpires this year have just been god awful from what I've seen, just god awful. So the framing's become great because you could just trick any amateur umpire. We've lost a lot of veteran umpires uh, this year, and it shows, it really does. And having a catcher like that can steal you some strikes, can steal you some innings, honestly. I mean, you know, one pitch can determine everything. So it's been great. It's been really refreshing to see what we're getting at the catcher spot. I love what you say about stealing innings and stealing at bats because that same pitch that you talked about earlier on to Juan Soto, I don't know if it's called a strike if Wilson Contreras is back there framing that ball. And that that was a difference in the ball game. I mean, you're talking about two runners on at that point, and they bought a strike there. And it's just – I love how you put that because – Baseball now is about buying outs and buying time, isn't it? Like, Because if you look at what's going on all around baseball, pitchers are clearly not going as, as long as they, they were you know, prior to pitch clock. It is clear that pitch clock has, has made it to the point where pitchers fatigue so much quicker. I mean, there is no downtime. And the flip of that, that means that you're seeing the bullpens more. So bullpens matter even more. And having guys like the Cubs that have, you know, two or three innings worth, you know, they have a couple guys down in that bullpen that can give you two or three. But I love how you said, like, buying time and buying outs because as we watch in so many baseball games, Nick, it always comes down to a batter here, a batter there. Doesn't it seem that way? Yeah, 100%. and, and and I just feel like that's where we're at with this Cubs team. This is why they work. They have a great leader behind the plate. They have a veteran ball club that knows how to play the game, and they play good defense, and they just know how to win. Heck, yeah. And, you know, someone we haven't even talked about yet, and our guy Ron Luce, I saw his tweet, uh, Nico, we, we go. Nico, we go. That is exactly right. I mean, that was a huge – momentum change in the eighth that swing was beautiful and it extended his uh on base streak so there you go it's a bonus yeah i wanted to talk just a little bit about nico horner they have this guy who you re-signed and is going to be here in the prime of his career there's a lot of talk on on the twitter sphere and on the bluebird app that maybe the cubs got a steal they're going to get the prime of this guy's career and he is ascending into one of the better players in baseball. I mean, the numbers show. Maybe the power numbers are not there to maybe be in the top 10, but he is quickly becoming a namestay that I don't think a lot of people are talking about now, but, I mean, you look at where he's at with the on-base streak. It's freaking awesome. 
it's unbelievable. It's honestly unbelievable. I think we do have a steal, and we talked about it early on, even before the season started. When would you extend him? When would you extend him? We said pretty damn quick because he's going to become worth a lot more money than what you know we can afford to pay him at the time. So to get him quick and get him extended, that was just so great. And he's just proving the contract. A lot of guys, they get the bag and then they slump or it's in their head. No, he is a ball player. He enjoys baseball. And that's what I like. When you have a guy at the top of the lineup that can just start off the game on that note, set the tone like that. I mean, you're talking about a totally different ball club than last year because it's just, he is just so good. He's the superstar that we thought he was going to be. And even if he's not going to stay at this level, I mean, he still is just a little cool off fine. He's still great. Uh, I think you'd put it great. It's a steal. It's a total steal at this point. Yeah. Pun intended too, right? Having a guy like Nico Horner um, out there for a Justin Steele start. Um, Filmmaker 12 here. Uh, So glad to see the Cubs come through with bases loaded. They've struggled with this. Yes, they have. Tonight, Nico got it done. I just love to, just to add on to that comment, the Awesome rounding second, clapping in the third, firing his team up, staring into the dugout, Nico Horner. Like, I thought that that's a – it really shows that he has kind of come as that homegrown – him and Ian Happ, they were linked so much together with this, right? That homegrown talent that both of them came up at a time where there were – riddled with guys who had been here like Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant and they had veterans like Jason Hayward and Javi Baez. And you start to look at like this second wave, right? The second wave of the Jed Hoyer, Theo Epstein draft in, in, in a lot of ways, you look at Ian Happ and Nico Horner as that now they're cementing themselves as clubhouse leaders, guys who are able to fire up the ball club, get them moving I love what I see from Nico Horner night in, night out, regardless. On, and if and I know he's been great getting on base, but regardless of if he has good games or not, it just seems like he plays A-plus defense. He is able to run the bases if he does get on via a walk or something like that. The steals have been amazing. I mean, he is running at a clip that I didn't know he'd run at. I know he was much quicker. Um, and I think that when we we talked about uh, in the pre-show about like our guys that we would pick to lead the team in stolen bases, I don't know. Did you pick him to lead in stolen I did, bases? I did pick him to lead, um, but I had him under a number. I forget what number I had him on the year, but he's going to far exceed that number. I just know it. I think I had him low, like for 20 or something. He's going – he's already at nine, so – yeah, and it's interesting, too, to, like, see around baseball, like, the clip that all these teams are having success-wise is stealing bases. And some of the best teams that are playing the best baseball right now, if you look around the league, the Rays, if you look at the Cubs, if you look at, you know, the Twins, like, it's teams that can't run in some ways. You know, it's it's interesting to see, you know, how the game's kind of changed like that. Yeah, 100%. I think you can attribute a lot of that to, one, the bases are are bigger for sure. We I've, I've called them clown bases. I'm still going to, but they're, they're definitely bigger. And two is the disengagement rule. And what you're seeing with a lot of pitchers is they're trying their best to, within the clock, work 
um, time changes. So sometimes they'll work all the way down, especially bullpen guys. They'll work the clock all the way down to one second before they start their motion. Um, or they'll, they'll do it right away. They're trying to keep some form of surprise there, but what they're finding is you only have a certain amount of time. It's hard to get that surprise and it's hard to keep the runner on base because you can only disengage so many times before he gets a free base, which I think is absolutely crazy. And I think that is definitely why we're seeing that increase. And I think as the year goes on, as the year goes on and baseball becomes even more competitive, you're going to see it go even higher up because the aggression will go even higher up and teams are going to be looking to get cheap runs and cheap places because like you said, I mean, the bullpens are going to be taxed with this pitch clock. That's a great, great point. They are going to be taxed because the starting pitchers are fatigued quicker. It's just a fact. And, you know, it is a crisper game. At first, I did not like the clock. I still don't love the clock. You know, there's moments where I'm like, are you kidding? Like, is this baseball? But, you know, I'm eating my words a little bit. The game's crisper. The offense is more. The, and, you know, it, it is. So it, it's hard to say, but if there is an unintended consequence, I think you hit it right on the head. The bullpens are going to be taxed by the end of this season. And Nick, I, I know Ron likes to keep this show moving. Me, I'm a rabbit hole type of guy. And what you're talking about just scratches my itch, man. Let's two minutes here. Let's go down a rabbit hole. If the Cubs weren't so good, would you like the rules less? <laughs> because That's I because because I want to ask that, like, because I feel like this team, for the set of rules that they're now playing with, are we're ready for that, right? Yeah, it made a lot of the changes last year and the year before because they knew this was coming down the line. Would you hate the rules less if you were built like a team like, like the White Sox? I mean, I hate to say it, like they don't <laughs> have the, they don't have the pitching, they don't yeah. have the base stealers, you know, they don't work walks. Like, yeah, would you hate the rules more if you were? Because I feel like there are teams that were out there going into this year that were better set to go into this year than some. I feel like the game in some ways moved away from a few teams. Yeah. And I just, I want your opinion on, on that. Would you hate the game less if it, if it wasn't benefiting the Cubs? Cause I feel like the Cubs are like in the beneficiary of the rule set now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're a hundred percent right. And I completely would hate the rules if the Cubs were doing bad. I'd be saying, you know, it's cause they changed the rules. That's why, that's why this is a flop. It's cause they changed the rules of baseball, but I think I'm liking the rules more and more because you see it night in and night out as on the Cubs on the Wrigley Field. You see it; it is benefiting them. It is 100% benefiting them. And if I had a, if I was a fan, I can't even think about this. But if I was a fan of a team like the White Sox, I would not be doing well. And I mean, they were not built for this new type of era of baseball. We can call it a new era of baseball because that's what it is. And that's why you have teams that are. Very unexpected, not predicted up there. I mean, oh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. But, you know, you have teams that are shocking. And I think that is because they are buying into the new era of baseball. They're getting guys on. They're moving them over. And there was a time when I thought baseball was going to turn into guys just uppercutting at every single ball. And I'm so glad we've moved away from that. 
And part of the reason why the Sox struggle is because they have a lot of guys that just try to hit home runs only, and that's all they do. And when you have people that are able to get on base, move over small ball, I love small ball. And these rules, they benefit playing baseball. There's no shift. Put the ball into play. Just, you know, do the things that you need to do. And, I mean, it's it's been great to see. But these rules, <laughs> I could go into a deep dive as well. I mean, it, it's like a rabbit hole topic, right? Because you're changing the game of baseball. That's what you've done. You've taken the game of baseball and you've made a concrete change. And a lot of people say we're going back to what it used to be. And, man, maybe I'm going to eat my words. Maybe we are going back to a greater form of baseball because – I watch a lot of baseball and it is fun. I can't doubt it. I, I am having fun. Am I sad they're not as long? Game? Yes. I like 18 inning games. I like games that go five out. I I love them. But this brand of baseball where you're just seeing crisp, great defense, um, just awesome you know, production out of these teams, not just home run, strikeout, three, three outcome things. You're seeing baseball and it's great. And the Cubs have always been that team in the last couple of years to be a good small ball team, I thought. And this has played out great for them, like you mentioned. So, I mean, I'm short answer. Love the rules. If they were doing bad. I would absolutely hate the rules. So <laughs> I, I think uh, I think as we sit here and we talk about Cubs baseball, it, it's they lead. They don't lead the league, but they're towards the top in putting the ball in play. They do very often do that and they pitch. You know, and that's as something I've always said on this show, if you can pitch, you're going to win a lot of baseball games. Um, and that continued tonight. But let's go back to the pitching because I want to talk a little bit about uh, some managerial moves that were made tonight. Because obviously the Nico Horner and the um, Jan Gomes four-run um, eighth inning kind of erased a storyline that could have been something going into the ninth. Um, I think we'll show a comment from the from Scott Crawford here. I need Keegan to be the closer. Like I need 70 and Sonny. I think Ron Luce would say the same. Um, mind you guys, we are two wins away from the Mankini bet now. Uh, let's hope that those are coming over the next couple days. But, yes, um, I wanted to get your take on the way that David Ross used the, uh, the bullpen today. Just – a bridge used uh, Albert Alzale for, for an inning, then was able to get over to um, uh, Keegan Thompson for some of it lighter also pitched today. Um, but instead of throwing Keegan out for another inning, which I think he would have did had it stayed to nothing. Um, he was able to bring in Rucker and Rucker closed it down. But I want to get your thoughts just on the closer situation because if the Cubs are going to play the brand of baseball that they play, there's going to be a lot of ninth innings where we're sitting needing yeah. three outs with uh, less than three runs or less than four runs. So as we say in baseball, a safe situation. So what your opinion on who should get the ninth? I think that there's a wide array of guys that uh, have made some cases or, or could make a case for it. Um, I've been on this show for a while saying that um, when Cody Hoyer is healthy, I think he'll be a name that's thrown into the hat. Be interesting to see. But uh, at the current moment, obviously, Michael Fulmer's woes have made him less trustable in the ninth. I just want your opinion on who should uh, somewhat become the closer until 
I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll go from now until mid May because okay. I think this is a situation to where we're we're it's going to be ever evolving throughout the year. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, well, I think you give Thompson a chance, man. If I see Falmer out there again, I'm going to throw up. I'm just going to do it because I cannot see him out there. And like you said, you hit it right on the head. We play a brand of baseball where we're not going to blow people out every single night. I mean, it's just not going to happen. You have to have solid guys at the back end. And those last three outs, they're a mental game. I mean, it's not its not easy. Being the closer is not an easy thing. It's a mental game. So Falmer's struggling. You just – I cannot see him again in any type of high leverage spot. And I think pretty much all Cubs fans can agree on that. But Keegan Thompson, you got to give him a chance, especially if you're saying till mid-May. Man, that kid, he's filth, absolutely filthy. That strikeout on Tatis was just oh, beautiful. He has that moxie of a closer. He he has that type of presence where, you know, things don't phase him. So he gets into a little bit of trouble. He'll, he'll work his way out of it. And I think if it stays a close game, I put this down in my notes, if it stays a close game, you, you put Keegan Thompson back out there, like you said, for a storyline moment to give him the confidence, whatnot, but – He's your guy. You you got to go to him. Um, Hedbert's been great. I think he could be a setup guy. I really do. Take him, um, put him in a clean inning. I think that helps a lot. Um, bring him into a clean inning. His confidence, less shaken up. But he can come into a dirty inning too. But Thompson. Thompson's definitely the short answer on that because you have to see what he's got. He's made to be a closer. We thought at first, you know, he could be a starter. The stuff plays as a closer. I mean – and, and like I said, he's got the confidence. You have to – those three outs aren't something to take lightly. It is a confidence thing. It is a nerve-wracking position to be in. And like I said, he handles um, – you know, he handles base runners very well. It doesn't shake him like other people. Um, and Fulmer's just horrible. I don't want to see him again. That's – I do not want to see Fulmer in a high-leverage spot again. No, I think you're right. I think – Looking at today, the way the roster is constructed at this moment till mid-May, the little cutoff that we've made on this, I agree. I think Keegan Thompson has kind of made, if it's a high, I think, and this is the other thing too, I think David Ross in a lot of ways could play the lineup too. He could play if it's lefty dominant Brandon Hughes in the ninth. He's done it before. He could absolutely do it. Um, I think that he could even throw lighter out there. If it if it really was a a key part of the order, you know, and, and lighter too, he's been very solid the last two outings. Not as 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 dominant, but still um, holding up over the course of this early season. But Keegan just and you're right, he just has the stuff. He just has that that fastball that can overwhelm you. He's got that great breaking stuff, and you're you're right. He has that mentality where he just doesn't seem to be rattled by much. Um, he can overcome, you know, the the guys that come in before him if he comes in in a dirty inning or something like that. But, yeah, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Um, we're going to move on, though. We're going to table this conversation because I think this is going to be everlasting. I think that there's a, a, a good case to be brought up after mid-May we can get on one of these and, probably name two other names that we didn't name right now, but let's uh, slowly transition out of this game. I want to, first of all, uh, 
get your last thoughts on today's six nothing game. Anything that you want to throw at me that you've seen, that you heard, that you loved about tonight's game, that you hated, I want to hear it. Sure, sure. I mean, just a real solid game. What I absolutely loved is that we finished it off with some real offense at the end there. We converted uh, with running runners in scoring position. That's very important. Um, takes the pressure off. Obviously, I want to see Thompson there for two innings and get six outs, but still, it takes the pressure off. It, it, it's it's great. Uh, it's an overall good win against uh, another good ball club and you know, you're going to you're going to have these nights where you have to scratch out games. And this was looking like it was going to be one of those. And up until the end, they, they looked great. So they were going to be able to do this, I fully believe, with a 2-0 victory, which is great. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm really looking forward to this year. Me too, Nick. I love it. We're going to move on to tomorrow's game. Uh, 426 is the date tomorrow. We have a 640 Central time zone start at 7.40 for myself. Cubs matchup, Marquee Sports Network. You can find it on 6.70 to score. See, I'm just doing what Ron usually does, but I'm doing it in like a way more laissez-faire way. Um, It's going to be Drew Smiley for the Cubs tomorrow, coming off of a a stellar pitching performance. And uh, well-known former rival Michael Walker. Did not know he was a San Diego Padre, but we found that out today by looking up the probable pitchers. Nick, they won today 6-0. What do they got to do? What's got to happen? Who's got to step up tomorrow for uh, another W to be flown above the friendly confines of Wrigley Field? Heck yeah. I mean, I think they need a lot more uh, offense, a lot more hitting. Um, Really, it up until the end there, there wasn't a lot uh, to go off of. Gomes was really the only guy. I think uh, Mancini had a hit as well. But you got to have some more hitting early on. I think uh, get to a good start right out of the gate. Get on Michael Waka. Try to get into that bullpen. Um, it would be good for the rest of the series as well. But really just start setting the tone with hitting. And I think, you know, with the first inning, Nico Wego, get on base, steal, you know, get them in. So get them over, get them in. I think that's a a great motto and something that they should follow. And tomorrow, especially with Waka, you know, right-hander, just jump on them, jump on them and try to see if you can get the jump because this lineup for uh, San Diego is not going to stay quiet for long. Um, But hopefully Smiley goes out there and has perfect game. Yeah. Right. Make up for, uh, hopefully doesn't get tackled by Jan. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That'd be great to see him. Uh, Throw another outing like you did last time. Uh, I agree with you, Nick. I think, I think, although I, I would love to see more offense tomorrow, I think tomorrow is going to be very similar to tonight's ball game. Looking at a temperature of 47 degrees at first pitch, brutal. Um, this is end of April, and we're still having frigid temperatures here in Chicago. Mother Nature, please spare us. We've had enough. Um, I too, I think that you know a lot of a lot of the keys for tomorrow is to pitch and then just kind of spray the ball around the ballpark when it's cold. Who knows that the wind's blowing in? It'll be one of those days where you got to manufacture runs. You said it in your keys. Get them on. Get them over. Get them in. Um, fly the W pick. Who you got? I'm going with Nico. I think he's going to have a big game. I think he's going to. I hope he steals two tomorrow. Get on, Love steal it. two. 
I would. I hope he steals ten. It'd be amazing if he stole ten tomorrow. I'm with you, man. I'll uh, I'll take Dansby Swanson. I think uh, Dansby had good at bats tonight. Um, and tomorrow is one of those gap to gap days. I'm gonna say that. I think he finds gap at least once. Um, yeah. Awesome. I think this is this is the end of Cubs on Tap, right? Usually we transition out of this. Um, like I said, tomorrow, 640 game. I am going to give a comment of the night. See, this is when when I when Juice gets on as the Pat Sage, I gets the uh the comment of the night. And this comes from oh, trying to get it up there. Let's see. Oh, show it. Had it up there. there. See? Uh, this comes from Meds Now. I realize today there's almost as much time has passed between 2016 and now. Between 08 and 16, thank you for making me feel old. Uh, and to put it into perspective, that is from Ted Lilly throwing gloves around to the Cubs winning the World Series. If you're talking about Cub timeline, crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. This was a fun show. Absolutely fun show. But first, our lead out, Cubs on Tap, is one of two baseball podcasts here at On Tap Sportsnet. Make sure you guys are heading over to Dingers. They do great work on Monday nights. Cubs, Bulls, Bears, Hawks. We got it all. UFC. We got draft coverage coming up. The Bulls are something. And also, as you guys know, we all have friends of friends of other friends or family members who like the <laughs> South side. And if you do, please give them a hug. They kind of need it. I've gotten to the point where I almost just feel bad, Nick. I really do. It's enough. They've suffered enough, at least in some, some retrospect, but bring them over to the socks on tap guys. They do such a great job. Make sure you're heading on to on tap sports net for all your sports and literature needs. Hashtag crack them. Find us at Twitter at ONTAP Sportsnet. You can find myself at Juice on Tap. Nick at Nick underscore on tap. Ron Luce. I don't know if he's Ron on tap or Ron Luce. I don't know. Go find him. Just Google him. Um, and Teddy Freddy 270s around there somewhere. And here, hold on one second. One more comment for the rest of the show. Um, Brewers and the Cardinals lost. Brewers and the Pirates yep. lost. Cardinals are losing two to one. Um, how awesome is this, man? Also, just to touch on the farm, Kevin Alcantara tonight goes yard in a seat that I was in. I'm telling you, man, I was in that seat about four innings prior to it. One uh, bit of time home run. Ridiculous. Should have stayed, but I came home to watch the Cubs victory. I think I did most of the ending. I know Ron does it so well because he's done so many of these. Sue me, guys. Uh, but, Nick, let's Be get out of here the only way that me and you know how to do. Fuck the Cardinals. And let's go, Cubbies. <laughs>